Uh, I'm perfecto. recording. Yeah. There's my voice. Me too. Being picked up. Da 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 da. da. Right, should we start? Yeah, I guess you don't want to speak to your friends, so that's fine. Let's start. I do, but I thought we could. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. It's just, just, it's all business. No pleasure. Go, start. Start. It's it's all a pleasure. That's the point of it. I know, but maybe sometimes I just want to talk to my friend about Instagram posts for the podcast. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, should we start? I'll, I'll I'll follow you, man. Oh my god, this isn't gonna work. Yes, we can start. I'm joking. I'm just being silly. Uh, click on okay. this. Okay. Did you say suck on this then? <laughs> I said click on this. All right. Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Um, okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Culture Bucket, episode number 34. It's a pleasure to have you back with us for a slightly different episode, a special episode, an experimental episode uh, that we're going to start hopefully doing uh, once a month or so, where we're going to highlight a significant piece of pop culture from the current year. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And this week, we're kicking off by having a chat about the recent Best Picture Oscar winner, Nomadland. Yeah. Yeah, 2020's Nomadland, directed by Chloe Zhao, starring Francis McDormand, David Strathairn, and a variety of other real people. And, uh, yeah, available now on Disney Plus in most places, I think. So get it watched. It's going to be a full-on break. Well, I don't know what it's going to be necessarily, but it's going to be a spoiler-filled. I don't know if you could spoil this movie, to be fair. You can but, definitely. Uh... <laughs> I don't think you can spoil this movie. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be discussing the movie as if you've seen it or don't care knowing everything about it. So if you want to go and watch it first, feel free. If you just want to live vicariously through us, that's you know that's fine. You do that. You you do you. Uh, I'm, by the way, my name is George, and with me is my, I'm your host, you know the drill, I'm your host, I do the bit where I explain what's happening at the start of the episode, and then I introduce my co-host, who's with me, not physically, because of the pandemic, and they live in a different country, but is with me in spirit and over the internet. Mm-hmm. My co-host, the the co-host with the most, the Italian stallion, <laughs> the the uh, it's Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. That was an intro and a half. Thank you for calling me a stallion. I haven't been called a stallion for a while. Or are you a mare? <laughs> no, definitely not a mare. That's You're a right mare. 
No, you. Yeah, I forgot about because in 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 Stalin. England, a, a lot of people call me an Italian stallion, but because I'm in Italy, <laughs> it would be weird. It was like un stallone italiano. It doesn't sound the same, does it? So they did they just call you a stallion? Stallone, yeah. Oh, Alex, sei un grande stallone. Prego, prego. Now that you watch all the jolly, you should speak Italian, no? No, because they're in English. Oh, okay. That That's like, they were a weird thing, the jolly. Like, the way they filmed them was that, like, each actor would just speak in their native language. Ah, yeah. It, they would have actors from all over the world in them. Yeah. Everyone would speak in their native language and the whole thing would be dubbed later. So there's, like, no way to watch a Jallo movie in, like, a language that's the original language of the film, almost. There's that is terrible. But never I kind mind. of love it. <laughs> I love it. I but... think it's great. Oh. How are you, Anyway, George? we're not here to talk about Jallo movies. It's talk we're about here to you. talk about um, me. I'm good. I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited to do this little experiment. I hope people stick with us and uh, check check it out. How are you? I'm great. I'm yeah. It's finally hot summertime. I am you know I'm excited to talk about this film because I think it's great. And if people haven't left us after the discussion of Zack Snyder's the Just Justice League, mm-hmm. then nobody's ever going to leave us. Well, hopefully that's true. We'll find out. Um, so you've dropped a hot... <coughs> I don't know. You've revealed your opinion on the film there. Do you want to dive in a bit further? Oh, no. I just said that I'm excited of talking about this film. I didn't say if great. I liked it or not. You said Literally, you said because it's great. Oh, no. <laughs> Rewind. Rewind. No, it's absolutely fine. Um, Rewind. What... What did you, how did you, what should we do? Should I set up, let's set up the plot of Nomadland first, yeah? Let's set the plot, and who better to do than the eloquent George? Nomadland is a 2020 motion picture film, American, uh, direct, written and directed by Chloe Zhao, a up-and-coming filmmaker. She's made previously a movie called The Rider, which I haven't seen and a couple of things. In the future, she will be well-known for directing Eternals, uh, an upcoming Marvel movie, which is interesting. Um, she, it is, let's see, it stars Francis McDormand as one of Alex's favourite actors, by the way. Yeah. As Fern, a lady. Uh, and the only other significant actor in the movie is David Strathairn. Yeah. Who is a great actor. I love him whenever he turns up in stuff. Good Night and Good Luck is his big showpiece. If you, if uh, anyone watches this movie and would like a bit more David Strathairn, go and check out Good Night, Good Luck. It's a cool George Clooney-directed uh, sort of Cold War drama. Um, And then the rest of the cast is pretty much made up of ordinary people using their real names, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, it tells the tale of Fern, a woman who lives in a town in America called Empire, which is almost like a fake town that exists mm-hmm. solely to house the employees of a mining company. Uh, the mining company, this is a true story, the mining company shut down the mine and ended up closing the town. 
Burns' husband sadly passed away, so she decided to sell everything she has, buy a van and live in her van as a modern-day nomad. The film was inspired by a book called Nomadland, Surviving in America in the 21st Century by a journalist called Jessica Bruder. And it was released in 2020 to incredible reviews and built up a lot of steam ahead of finally winning uh, the kind of big hat trick, I guess, of awards for best acting or best actress, best director and best picture at the recent Academy Awards. And then it was popped right onto Disney Plus so that anyone with an account could enjoy it. And that's what Alex and I did. Alex, what did you think of Nomadland? Where to start? What did I think about Nomadland? Um, well, let's start with Frances McDormand. Uh, she is amazing. She is the actor of, of everything. Um, what, what I loved about her in this film is just how how great she is at at expressing feelings <laughs> because she she's acting with real people and i think that could be quite difficult definitely but, uh, because you know it's it's kind of an expected um bob wells didn't actually know she was an actress bob wells the fa- the famous nomad uh, youtuber who founded the uh annual gathering yeah yeah, yeah there's a scene yeah there's a scene they have together and it it, it it was beautiful scene and um it's just it's just how she can just be amazing <laughs> and portray something that she, she she takes the character into life and she um because she was acting with with like ordinary people it felt like she was learning from them and in kind of awe of them i felt like she was helping them to be great in in their portrayal yes i feel like she was carrying them and making and that's how amazing artist she is that yeah i've seen you know i've been watching oh oh. sorry that's right sorry I was in the middle of a passion at the moment, George. But yeah, I've just felt like she was carrying them and making them great and making them amazing and making them act amazing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've been watching a lot of Sopranos recently, as we've mentioned on the podcast. Mm. And I heard somebody say about James Gandolfini that he is so good as Tony Soprano that the other actors in the show are better in scenes where they're with Tony than in scenes where they're mm. on their own because he elevates their performances. And yeah, you're exactly right with Francis McDormand does the same in this movie with yeah. the kind of non-professionals that she spends time with in the film and acts around. And it's also it is a really, because if you look at, say, for example, who won Best Actor last year, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, in Joker, that's a really good performance, but it's a very... Uh, I guess you'd maybe say showy performance. So it's like a big mm. performance. It's all like yeah. a, on over the surface. Like you can see what he's doing. It's very loud and big, and it's re- he does it really well. But there's a big challenge for Frances McDormand in this movie in that her character Fern is incredibly reserved, keeps everything under the surface. All her emotions are kind of hidden, yeah. and it has to everything that happens 
to Fern and everything that she feels is kept internal. And it's a challenge for Francis McDormand to bring the audience in, help them to understand and love the character, while also sticking to the truth of that character, which is that they are not big on sharing or big on you know, talking. It's very, it's a very quiet and small performance, but she does it so perfectly and so well that obviously she has been correctly uh, rewarded for it. For, you know, yeah, and she won another place. Oscar, of course. Uh, yeah, now second because... only to Catherine Hepburn. Amazing, like, amazing. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, so Frances McDormand is amazing. Uh, my first film uh, that I watched with, uh, directed by Chloe Zhao, as a director, I think she's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. It, everything is so... What I loved about this film and how what they did is they. I feel like it's like a collective work <laughs> together to create a film. It wasn't like the director telling. It looked like something that they cooperated together to make the film. In fact, I think Francis McDormand seeked Chloe Zhao to direct the film. Um, and so uh, uh, Frances McDormand had uh, the book, got the rights to make a film, and then she seeked Chloe Zhao. Uh, mm. And um, the way the way that everything is shot is beautiful. Um, the scenery is amazing. It shows the 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 extremes in the United States from extremely cold where empire where she lives at the beginning of empire and mm. then to the desert and um she's a beautiful she's a beautiful director i think there's a scene that i really loved where um uh, they they the bob wells um gathering in the desert and uh she's just walking um Francis McDormand is just walking and Chloe Zhao is following her with a camera or whoever holds a camera, but I, like that would be a direction. And everybody's yeah. saying hello to Fern. And it's just such a natural, beautiful moment that it just, and sometimes the camera goes in front of um, Fern, sometimes it's at the back, sometimes it, but she's always in this shot, regardless of where the camera is. And it's just yeah. beautiful. And that moment, I just realized I was. I already, I already thought it was a beautiful film, but just the simplicity of that shot—it was so. It just showed how, this, her being in a desert with nothing, how happy, it could make you finding a community mm. like that, and it was just for me, it was just beautiful, and um, any all the, sh how the film is shot, uh, is like a docu docu film. Mm. It's like kind of real, but not, but it doesn't, it blends in perfectly well. And yeah. I think that's probably very difficult to do. And yeah. they did it. Yeah. And I like how in that scene you just mentioned and in other scenes in the film, it, it allows characters to be, and it allows to show the kindness of people, mm -hmm. which is a, almost a rarity in cinema. Like there's a scene early on where Francis McDormand, well, Fern is, um, parking overnight in like the car park of a petrol mm. station or something it looks like. Yeah. And the owner comes up to her and knocks on and you expect in most films that would be somebody saying, no, you can't park here overnight. You yeah. need to move. But in this film, she's like, no, no, you can park here overnight, but 
you know, it's going to be really cold. You're sure you're going to be okay? And he's checking up on her and being nice. Yeah. And a lot of films would like, or a lot of filmmakers would maybe end up cutting that scene out, not showing mm-hmm. it because it doesn't necessarily move the plot on so much, but it does help build the world and show that, you know, I think partly why people choose to live life this way is you sort of encounter people and you can see that most people really are kind-hearted and good people, or at least you hope that they are. And uh, the film shows people supporting each other, being kind to each other. I uh, thought at one point, instead of being called, this is a good one, you'll like this, instead of being called Nomadland, yeah? Yeah. It it could have been called Everybody Loves Fern. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody does love Fern. Yeah. But everybody loves everyone in that film. There's very little negativity in that film. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. And you have, you know, people have, and it's people who have experienced some of the most difficult events that you can have. Like people, people start living life this way because, you know, they've decided to turn away from normal society, usually because they've experienced a tragedy or something difficult. Bob Wells talks about, um, the, the sad uh, loss of his son near yeah. the end of the movie. Frances McDormand's character obviously has lost her husband. Um, yeah. Charlene, what's her name? The lady. There's a lady who's very sick and has decided that she's going to yeah. spend her years, last years, you know, seeing the world and seeing America instead of, um, you know, being in a hospital. And she's very, she's very good in it. I can't remember her name, and I'm in, I'm annoyed at myself. Uh, Swanky. Yes, Swanky. Uh, she describes there's like there's a great part early on where she describes. Um, I think it's her, but it could be the other lady. Describes uh, seeing is it swallows or birds mm, um, yeah. nesting next to a lake and flying out all over it, and it's just this nice little scene. And then later on near the end of the movie, Fern receives a video on her phone, and it's of that scene and you get to see it uh and i think it, i i like the implication i took from it is that swanky had gone back there and seen it again and had filmed it to share with fern uh although i like what i like about the film as well is that it never kind of over explains to you what's going on it just gives you the feeling of of, of, of an event without really you know mm. it doesn't you don't see a phone screen pop up and go hi fern it's me do you remember me here's a video yeah. of that thing i was showing you just see francis mcdormand watching the video and the music and everything just creates a feeling uh, that you connect with more so than if you were just having it like explained to you. So I like that a lot about it. Um, I like that as you were, you were talking about Chloe Zhao and her direction. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's she photographs nature perfectly. Mm, yeah. At the start of the movie, when it's uh, like winter, it's sort of Christmas time, Thanksgiving time. Or uh, not think that's or New Year's Eve time. You really can tell how cold it is. Like it feels yeah. cold just watching those scenes and watching the landscape she shoots. And then the transition where she goes to the gathering in the summer, and it cuts and suddenly in like a, a desert, it just suddenly yeah. feels warmer. It's mm. incredibly, it's incredible how well she's done it. And I was reading uh, an interview with Kevin Feige, the big man at Marvel, who directs, who produces all of those films, and he was talking about how. Chloe Zhao for Eternals has been trying to find a lot of real life locations to shoot in uh, rather than creating sets in uh, CGI green screen and stuff. And um, 
how incredible it is to see some of the nature photography prepared for that movie and know that there's no CGI involved. But it's obviously kind of a signature move, and it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you see uh, there's a scene uh, with a cinema and uh, there's uh, Avengers? Avengers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's kind of like to show what year it is without telling yeah. the year, but also to kind of, you know, she's also directing a Marvel film. Yeah. And um, that's quite, she did it in a really nice, natural way. And I think that's what, what this film is. Everything happens in a very natural way. You don't necessarily know things. You don't necessarily find out about things. But it's just there and it happens. And it doesn't say if um, Fern has lost her house or she voluntarily decided to leave because there's still some people living in Empire. But it doesn't yeah. explain that, and it doesn't. It's just, it's just very natural, very natural film. Oh, there's still people living in Empire. I got the impression it was yeah. a ghost town. I think I think there's about two hundred people living in Empire now. Another company has bought it, but I might be wrong. Oh, I was reading gosh. about it, and I just reading about it kind of made me a little bit sad that <laughs> uh, people like lost their community like that because uh, a company went bust. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just insane. A grim look into a possible future. Hey, I'm just, you know, a, gr okay. a grim look into a possible. <laughs> um, what if we end up in a world where everything is owned by companies and then every time a company goes bust, we all lose our houses. What if that happens? That could happen. Yeah, yeah. We're already owned by companies, George. There you go. We're looking for a possible future. Then that was a good yeah. comment, and you just yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I just I, I, just, I, just, I was, was like, what? Those ah. are too many words at once. Sorry. Um, what I also liked, uh, and talking about how natural things happen, is um, it shows a, like a social realism in in America, but without mm. um without condemning it but without saying it's good it's just it shows it um and you know how people struggle uh with uh with maybe uh, there's there's a scene where fern goes and sees her sister um for money mm. and she talks to this um um, I think he's an estate agent in in America they call realtors real realtors real I'm a realtor realtors and uh, she says you know you're selling people things they can't afford because you know you can't afford a house because you know it's not even like it's 10 times what you're gonna earn and you have like 30 year mortgages and and yeah. it kind of shows how we, do we consider that normal now that you can just buy a house well you have to buy a house and you feel fulfilled to buy a house that you can't even afford um, that's yeah I thought that was that was like there there are bits like that throughout the film that kind of shows you know what was the point. Um, mm. That's the most animated she ever gets in the film as well, isn't it? Yeah. Probably that sequence where she's uh, yeah. back home with her sister. Yeah. Because she's uh, her van has bust. That's quite a mm. an interesting bit as well, where she goes to take her van in to be repaired, and they're just like, "You should just sell this and get a new one." And she's like, "No, people don't understand." Yeah. No, it's my home. I live in it. Yeah. And yeah. um, she's a bit short with them because they they obviously just don't really appreciate what she's doing, like how she's trying to live her life. And the fact that she made every piece in that van hers, 
and yeah. she she created the van. It's just, uh, it's just, it just gives you. It this film just gives you a sense of uh, freedom of also how how you could live your life without being stuck and still mm. be happy because i think i think we're taught that you know you, we need to settle down and find a house and buy it and do things a certain way but not necessarily um and i i think that was um it's a good film to watch now as well mm. when yeah yeah it's interesting connection with that early on she shows um Someone not not swanky. The other the lady is it Linda that she's sort of Linda May, with? yeah, yeah. She shows her this plate that she's got that I think was her dad's plate, mm. um, and she's obviously still sort of holding on to. She's trying to act like this nomad and live this nomadic life, but she's obviously quite new to it still, and she's still very connected to a couple of material like possessions, and um, then later on in the film, ages after that, and you've forgotten about that plate completely out of nowhere it gets smashed because of uh, Dave being a, an idiot. Just, <laughs> trying to help. It's, it's a bizarre bit. He just seems to like drag it out of the van and fling it onto the ground. And then he's like, I was trying to help. Um, but then again, it's there. a real... Yeah, she's, but it's a testament to her performance again that she doesn't like go, oh, this was my dad's plate and now you've smashed it. And like it's she kind of sh- shortly tells him to move away. And then you just see her sort of picking up the pieces of this plate and then she glues it together and she's obviously still not quite ready to sort of say goodbye to things and then that's sort of her journey in the movie is that by the end she kind of empties that lock up yeah. and gets rid of all the uh, all the bits and pieces and, and seems to commit further to living the, no, the nomadic life which is interesting because it could have gone the other way it could have been more of a sort of because she does have she gets given two there were two points in the movie where she gets a very clear out where she could leave and either yeah. go back with her sister and go yeah. to her family or potentially follow up with uh, Dave and see why, where that would lead. But she chooses neither of those and chooses to continue living that life. What do you think about that? Um, as soon as she was in the house, I felt like she f- she was feeling uncomfortable uh, when yeah. she. So Dave, um, um, Dave's um, son uh, goes to visit him and tells him uh, he's going to have a baby and Dave is going to be a grandfather. That's actually uh, I can't say his name. The actor's David name. David Strathairn's son. Yes, that's actually yeah. his son. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so uh, Dave uh, goes to see his grandson. And uh, then she he he says to Fern that he can she can go and visit any time, and when she goes and visits, she clearly doesn't feel like she she clearly feels kind of uncomfortable in there. Um, mm. Although she's happy to be there, and I think you know there's the food and everything, and but um, there's there's a moment where she feels trapped and i'm not going to say what happens but she feels clearly trapped and well what does happen because i don't remember what bit you mean uh, oh okay well i'm going to spoil it like she doesn't we sleep we in her we bed said we were going to spoil it okay so uh, she doesn't sleep in her bed and she goes and sleeps sleep in the van and right. um you clearly she clearly feels that that's not where she wants to be and um and she's always then you 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 find out that she's always liked open spaces, and even when she lived in Empire, she uh, her house looked over 
the desert and the mountains and she had and so you kind of figure out also that she she needs the space she needs to be out and um and she needs the freedom and she's very Mm. disappointed when she sees um dave's van and the the wheel of the van is um is bust and she knows well that's a sign that he's not going to move for a while and he's quite happy to be there yeah it's interesting because when does she go to her sisters first and then she goes to dave yeah because when she's at her sisters she also has she's given an opportunity to get out but it's a it seems like more of a hostile environment Mm. they're sort of judging her she's getting into arguments with the people that just don't understand her lifestyle yeah so you can see why she doesn't leave there and she goes back to the nomadic lifestyle but then when she goes to see dave there's more of a Everyone there is nice to her. Everyone's really welcoming. Yeah. Nobody's judging her. Dave clearly really, really likes her and enjoys yeah. spending time with her. And it's interesting at that point, though, where she really has to, like you said, she really probably is tempted at that point and really is thinking about it. But then it's that sort of nighttime and she realizes she can't sleep in that bed. She needs to be yeah. out in her van that she goes yeah. back to it. Yeah. And I don't know, just that film just gives you such, like, although the difficulties of living in a van, there's also the freedom of ha- of not having anything and not losing anything. What do you think of it? Um, so what do you think of it winning all those awards? Do you think it was worthy of? Yeah. Best picture, uh, best. Yeah, absolutely. I I thought, it, it, I, I just think it's amazing how it's shot, how it's performed, how... Um, you know when you watch a film and you know that everybody doing this film seems to be quite happy to be in the film because they're giving their best. <laughs> mm. That's what the film seemed, and I enjoyed. I I like the fact that that it 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 portrays a real aspect of America, real people, but still having beautiful cinematography, beautiful. Mm. Um, it's just, well, amazingly done. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a story about a nomad and the nomad community in America. And it could have been done in other ways, but it's been done in the most beautiful, empathic. Mm. Is that a word, empathic? I think so. Empathic. Yeah, I think it is. Because sometimes you kind of get stuck, you know, in things where you could, you only see the bad things. But I feel like in this film, you, you also, it shows, no, there is good. There are good people and probably more than the bad people. <laughs> Did you um, find it slow at all or was the, was the pace good? No, I thought I, I, I really like when at the end I was in awe. I I want to watch it again soon because I was I was in awe of everything about it. I don't know. I just um, what 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 did how did you feel? Did you feel it was like? Because you know, I also I love I like my slices of life. I like my slow yeah. films. I like yeah. my reality. I I like that because I, I think. And so I don't. For me, it was a perfect film. But I don't know what. What did you think? Uh, I liked it. It wasn't. It wasn't a perfect film for me. It's definitely not the kind of film I watch as often as you, in mm. terms of a slice of life kind of like thing. I did struggle a little bit with the pacing, but it wasn't overly long. It was only it's about an hour and forty minutes, I think. Yeah. 
which is probably about the right length. Yeah. Um, I think definitely Francis McDormand's performance elevates it. Um, in terms of like the awards it won and things, I it's a weird year for the Oscars where because of everything that's happened, I've not actually been able to watch many of the films that were nominated. So like it was up against The Father, which I haven't seen, but I'd like to see. Yeah. You know The Father? No. It's uh, Anthony Hopkins playing a man who's ah, suffering yeah. from, from Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which I really want to watch, but haven't yeah, watched. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mank, which I don't really want to watch, so I haven't watched. What I <clears throat> Mank is the David Fincher movie about the guy who wrote the script for Citizen Kane. Okay. Uh, it's a Netflix what? film. It is meant to be really good, but it looks. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really nice <clears throat> to see it. Minari, which I really want to see, yeah. but haven't watched yet. Promising Young, Young Woman, which I have seen, and I would probably that would be my choice probably for best pick. Okay. But uh, this is the weird thing about the Oscars as well because under no other circumstances would you ever imagine to compare Promising Young Woman with Nomadland. They're very different films. Uh, mm. And then Sound of Metal, which I'm hoping to see soon but I haven't watched yet, and The Trial of Chicago 7, which you've seen but I haven't seen. You'd rate this higher than that? Um, would I? No, no, not at all. No. 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 Okay, interesting. Good. So they got... Because sometimes they get it wrong but we're saying... Broadly, they probably got it right with this one. Yeah. A good choice. The, the Oscars this year were amazing. Like, this was uh, the third person and first woman, Chloe Zhao, to be nominated for direct, Best Director, Best Screenplay, uh, Best Picture, and Best Film Editing. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's impressive. First time ever that two women were nominated for Best Director. In the same Amazing. Year. Finally. Yeah, um, Emerald <laughs> Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Uh, first woman of colour to win Best Director. Yeah. First Chinese person to win Best Director. Controversially, because China would disagree. But uh, do you know about that? No. What? Well, because. So, well, they're not happy, China. Well, yeah, but also <laughs> Ang, Ang Lee has won. Ang Lee, uh, yeah. Best director, but like the rest of the world, and I think Ang Lee considers him to be Taiwanese, not Chinese. But, oh, 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 that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So China, yeah. China would uh, claim that she's the second Chinese person to win Best Director, but she's uh, the first. So yeah. a lot, a year of firsts, and a year of like positive steps forward for representation, and yeah, because also just... there were two directors of um, East Asian descent as well. Yeah, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Yeah. Zhao for Nomadland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is I'd amazing. like to see Minari. It got so many nominations. Best Supporting Actress went to Minari, didn't it? For Yu Yun Yun Yu Jung Minari. Uh, yeah. Which is pretty good stuff. So, yeah, who did. Who was Francis McDormand up against then? Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You've seen that? Yeah, she was great in that film. Yeah. Andrew yeah. Day, The United States versus Billy Harley. I haven't seen that. Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. I don't know. I've got, no. I've heard of that. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. I'd probably give in that. So I've only seen uh, Promising Young Woman and Nomadland out of those, but I'd probably give Frances McDormand the Best Actress Oscar out of those. Although Carrie Mulligan is very good in Promising Young Woman. We'll hopefully talk about that at some point in the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, 
positive times at the Oscars, which is good. I think so. Overall, this film, let's rate it out of five caravans. What are you giving it? I'm giving it five out of five caravans. Nice. Hmm. I'm going to give it four caravans and one hatchback. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So it's pretty, yeah. it's up there. It's definitely a, a strong movie. Um, let's start to wrap up on what do you think? Because obviously you've talked before about Frances McDormand being one of your favorite actors. Yeah. Yeah. She's now won three Oscars for Best Lead Actor, or Last yeah. Lead Actress, beating out even Meryl Streep, who has three Oscars but one's for supporting. Yeah. Francis has three lead actor uh, gongs. How would you rank those three performances? So she got a, an Oscar for Nomadland, mm-hmm. uh, three billboards outside yep. Ebbing, Missouri, and... Yep. Fargo. 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 So, <laughs> the thing is, they're, so, they're three completely different performances. Yep, shows how good she is. She's an amazing, she has got an amazing range. So in Fargo, she's funny. She's got this crazy accent. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, uh, and then... Uh, the free billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. She's like angry mum that has had her daughter like murdered, and she's find, she's trying to find the 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 person, and she's angry, and she'll do anything to find the person. Mm-hmm. And in this one, she's a loving, trying to find herself nomad. Like, she doesn't even seem like the three same people. That's how amazing she is. Yeah, Uh, especially, yeah, she seems like a different person in each film, particularly in Fargo. Yeah. She's so, so different. She's so much, I don't know, they're all all very different. She's so angry in Three Billboards. She's so angry. And and this is, and Nomadland is totally the opposite. But Mm -hmm. because she... She's she's one of the best actors of all time. And she could just sit on the, her laurel and just do whatever. But this is her art, her job. So I feel maybe she deserved it. She deserves the Oscar probably for Nomadland the most because of what her performance brought out of other people. Okay. So she carried the film, totally carried the film. So you put and... Nomadland at number one? Yeah. Uh, number two, probably Fargo. And number three, uh, Three Billboards. Billboards? Three Billboards. Yeah. Yeah. Because nice. I was surprised when she won the Oscar for Three Billboards. Not that she wasn't great. She was great, but it mm. was such an angry. It's not. It's not a performance that you usually would win an Oscar for, in a way. It wasn't like groundbreaking. Yeah, it's an interesting. Like I feel one. the film. 
I feel the film was amazing and groundbreaking. And maybe did it win Best Picture? The film? Oh, I don't know. Don't remember. Let me check. Uh, I think it just won for actor, actress, sorry, and supporting actor for Sam Rockwell. Hmm. The Shape of Water. Oh, I would like to watch that film. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a masterpiece. Okay. So, yeah, n- not taking that away from Frances McDormand. She's amazing in it. But I think it would be Nomadland, Fargo, and um, Three Billboards. Mm, what about to you? Well, I'd probably go, I'd flip it a little bit because I love her in Fargo so, mm. so much. And it's just such a... I think the the incredible thing with Fargo is she comes into that movie half an hour in, maybe, or even yeah. even even after that. Yeah, yeah. But she still, mm. as soon as she arrives, the film starts to revolt. Like she controls the film in a way that mm. is so impressive for someone that you've not that you've not been with for half an hour, and then suddenly, as soon as she turns up, you want to see it, spend more time with her, and you see a lot of the rest of the film from her perspective. Yeah. Um, and that's so good. And the scenes like um, there's a scene where she meets an old friend from school for dinner, which doesn't have much I, impact on the plot, but is really, really she plays it so well. And it's such an yeah. awkward meeting. And that's really yeah. well done. And she's just great in that movie. So I think I would put Far- her performance in Fargo as my favorite. Mm-hmm. Then it's tighter between the other two, but I'd possibly just because, again, it's more the sort of performance and film that I watch. I'd her performance in Three Billboards next, mm. and then her performance in Nomadland. But they're all incredible performances. I'm not saying any, none of us are saying any of them are bad, but it's interesting no. to, uh, to sort of see where we find ourselves aligned, if you see what I mean. Um, cool. Good stuff. Definitely. Definitely. And I definitely want to check out um, Chloe Zhao's other films. Yeah, she's and... made The Rider. Hmm. And one other one i think right yeah yeah because really... in china they they were like praising her for winning and she she blew up on social media and then the chinese government were like but she talked badly about us in uh, in the rider so no we don't like chloe Zhao. <laughs> so she's got like completely um all all information about her kind of got um censored yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's a pity yeah. because you know, uh, like I, if if once upon a time it would be understandable if countries censored things is it was old news, but now come on, everybody's got social media. They're going to find out about her, and the the more open you are to criticism, the more people are not going to criticize you, China. Mm-hmm. And all the countries, really. I'm not just talking about China, but I just find it really weird that they're still so, so, I don't know. It is an odd one. But um, but she's great. Yeah, she's this film is brilliant. I definitely want to watch uh, The Rider, and her film is called Songs My Brothers Taught Me. And I'm really fascinated to see The Eternals and see how much of her style from this film survives going into a huge, massive, big, budget blockbuster superhero movie um with a big cast and uh, yeah but she apparently she put together the pitch for that film and sold herself to marvel on it and they loved it so it sounds all 
all positive. I'm, I'm, I, the Eternals is a weird thing, and I, I'm intrigued to see what that movie is going to look like. So, yeah, mm. it's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, I think so. She seems like a good filmmaker. Oh, she's definitely yeah, she's a strong filmmaker. Good for her. Good stuff, Chloe Zhao. Um, right. So we're positive on Nomadland. It's a good film. If definitely. you haven't watched it yet, go on to uh, Disney Plus or wherever it is in your country that you're in to watch it. Check it out. See what you think of Francis McDormand. Email us. Let us know what your opinions are. And, yes, uh, please. Yeah. And um, it's been a slightly different episode this week. Slightly shorter, but um, a nice little yeah. mini-sode to uh, break up the month. So. Yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Let us know if you'd like, you know, how you feel about this episode, if you'd like more stuff like this. If you're We're gonna try and do one of these every month at the yep. end of the month. So the last yep. episode of the month will be a special on uh films. Um and in we're gonna talk about a bit more about uh Oscar nomination in the next few weeks in the uh, specials. Yeah, which is great. So yeah. good stuff. Next week. Yeah. Our top five naughty films. Naughty? Yeah. Oh, bam, chica, wah, wow. Yeah, exactly, our top five naughty <laughs> films next week. Oh, I can't wait to do some research. Um, our top five <laughs> naughties films. Yeah. Films that were released between the year 2000 and 2009. What, what would be the films released by 2009 and 2010? What do you mean? 20. <laughs> so... If, if if it's a film from two thousand and two thousand and nine, what what are the films from two thousand and ten to two thousand and twenty? Two thousand ten to two thousand nineteen. Nineteen. What would that be? Uh, I guess I don't think that there's been a consensus on what to call that decade yet, but maybe the teens. The teens, and in which decade teens. are we in now? The twenties. Oh, we're back in the twenties. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> the twenty twenties, <laughs> but yeah, the twenties. The 2020s. Okay, so noughties. I'm excited. Good films in the noughties. Um, oh, God. Some incredible pieces of work in the noughties, yeah. It's going to be fun to do research on, on those naughty films. Um, cool. Join us for that. Thank you so much for being with us. Go on to our social media channels to find recommendations and discussions around all sorts of different things. And uh, get in touch over email to let us know your top five lists and your thoughts on anything. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and all the places that you can review podcasts. We would appreciate it. Help us get more listeners and to grow, which would be lovely. And uh, see you next time. Thank you so much. I love you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.